Are you feeling like no one understands your struggles? That you're isolated and alone? Like no one has your back to support, encourage, or celebrate your wins with you? Well, let me personally invite you to join me in the Living Fearless Today Facebook group. Hey, we recently launched the group and are open to other men just like you who want to know their worth, value, and purpose to grow in confidence, find their worth, and appreciate their contributions. So if you simply search Living Fearless Today on Facebook, and uh, then just click to join us. I look forward to meeting you, seeing your growth, and the success you begin to experience in your life within this band of men. This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Welcome back, my friend. This week, I am so honored to bring to you Alan Thomas. Alan has just experienced a life transformation. I mean, absolutely mind-blowing. You know, most of us will look and go, hey, I'm going to lose a few pounds. No, (laughs) Alan blew that out of the water. Alan is also the founder of Rethink Dieting. It's a privilege to bring him to you. Alan, welcome. How are you doing, my friend? I am well, Mike. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Well, Alan, if we could start off, where are you at today, like within your personal side? And then we'll talk about the business. Well, you know, talking about the personal side without the business, it's all kind of interwoven anymore. It seems like so much of it. But, you know, my wife and I are, you know, working with men and women who struggle with obesity. And it's been a pretty crazy journey. I feel like it was something I got drafted into. I didn't wake up when I was five years old and say, gosh, I'd like to be a a dieting mindset coach that helps people lose weight without giving them a diet or exercise plan to follow. That was not on my radar. And so it's, (laughs) but it's, but it's changed for, you know, where we are now is, you know, living a normal life, having escaped obesity, decades of obesity, living on the other side, you know, I tell people all the time that I talk to my clients all the time, I'm just like they are. And uh, it's just, I'm on the other side. And so being on the other side beats, it's, it's kind of like wealth that, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure makes getting the, getting to your problems a whole lot more fun. It's kind of like being at your ideal weight makes, uh, makes living a whole lot more fun. So (laughs) that makes sense. It definitely does. How did you come about deciding, Hey, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start coaching about weight loss. I mean, you didn't do it at five years old. So where along the way did you decide that? Well, you know, it was interesting. You know, my, my personal history was my father of four wife and I've been married for my wife, Angie, and I've been married 35 years. And we, I just allowed kind of the weight to just creep up on me. You know, I didn't gain, I didn't gain 50 pounds or a hundred pounds or 129 pounds a year. I gained, uh, I gained a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. And, and I, God, I, I had tried dozens. I, I, I hesitate to use the word hundreds, but it got close to a hundred different weight loss plans and they all, you know, worked to some degree, but I just could never stick to anything. And, and when I've, 
figured out how to escape this obesity that I was carrying around with me. I got up to 304 pounds and I'm only 5'11". I'm not seven feet tall. So, you know, being, being 304 pounds, I was, I was a big boy. And when I figured out that the way out of it was never going to be a diet or exercise plan, did I have to change what I ate? Of course I did. Did I have to move some? It didn't hurt. But at the end of the day, it was always a decision. It was never about a diet. And so, you know, what people started after I lost my weight and, you know, I can go into some detail there. A lot of people started reaching out to me for help. And, you know, a mentor of mine who's pretty, pretty well-known author, Dan Miller, said, man, you need a weight loss coach. And, and I laughed at him out loud. I said, man, I don't tell people what to eat. That's dumb. I, you know, and, and he, when, he, when he said it, he, he didn't push it anymore. But in 2019, I started to get a lot more inquiries. And I finally just said, okay, what the heck? I told a, told a guy, I said, I heard myself is what happened. I heard myself, the, I heard me before I lost weight, and I said, I am never going to tell you what to eat. I'm never going to tell you what exercise to do, but I know exactly what your problem is. Mm. And six months later, he was down 75 pounds, and the rest, is they say, is kind of history, and we've just uh, been adding clients to the program. So you're talking about this being a mindset, not just like a checklist, not a task. You're not just going to the gym watching your calories, but you're, you're transforming people's thoughts. Am I understanding that right? Yeah. You know, that's exactly right, Mike. I mean, for anybody that struggled with their weight, I think it's, it's pretty interesting. I've not talked to anybody that didn't know what to eat. Not one, not in a first world country. And the closest I ever came to that was a client of mine. I think I mentioned him to you yesterday, a client of mine who He'd, he had fallen and had a pretty significant injury. And he was, he was overweight when he fell, but not to the degree that he got to. He got to over 430 pounds. He was 432 pounds when I met him. He was, in a, he was in a wheelchair most of the time. I didn't know that at the time. We met over the phone, over the internet. And then when uh, he first came to me, he said, well, what am I going to eat? I said, I, I never tell you what to eat. I said, what would you eat if, you're, if your wife and two daughters, life were on the line, and all you had to do was lose one pound. And he said, he thought for a minute and real seriously said to me, he said, I guess I could eat less. I said, there's a plan. We'll start there. And so he's down about 90 pounds right now walking. He's doesn't use a wheelchair, walks between four and eight miles when he goes out and walks daily. And it's pretty crazy what happens when, when it becomes a decision and it's no longer this diet, because let's, let's face it for anybody who's ever struggled with weight, the diet is, is easy to make the enemy. And if you make the diet, the enemy and the diet is the fault is the problem. Then it becomes this thing that you could quit Tuesday. And so after you started on Monday, so when it becomes a decision that you have to that you have to find a way out, you have to find your way through the wilderness of, of obesity. You have to do that. Then it's a lot simpler than people think. Now, does that mean that you don't change what you eat? Of course not. You have to change. But but it but it looks different for everyone. You know, I think of a, of a commercial airline pilot, a client of mine who he eats in airports. Are you kidding me? I mean, who can lose weight eating in airports? Um, he tra travels all over the world, works for a major airline. And, and when he figured out that the decision was between his elbows, that's where the answer was. It was interesting. He, he, and his thinking changed about the whole process. Then the weight started to fall off. 
And then it became his responsibility. And it, so it's always really interesting to watch the process. I never know what the best solution for an individual is. I want them to know. Because if they own it, I mean, does that mean does that mean I don't offer some guidance? Of course I offer the guidance with it. But at the end of the day, the individual, if they if they'll change the way they think about this process, they'll change the way they think about dieting and no longer make it this thing I start on Monday and quit by Tuesday or Wednesday and and make a real decision with it, then it becomes simple. It's it's really I, I always joke about it. I said my fourteen year old designed my program. <clears throat> He's twenty two now. But he designed it, and when he told, when he looked at me, when I was probably 290 pounds, and he said, "Dad, you know this thing's really pretty simple." And it was dead serious. He said, "You know, if you eat less than you burn, you'll lose weight, right?" And I said, "No, it can't be that simple. There's no way it's that simple." And but it really is. And and I know people who are hearing this that that are 100 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight, 200 pounds overweight. Because there's somebody in your audience who is. I mean, 45% of the U.S. population is obese, and many of those are morbidly obese, and over 70% are overweight. And so somebody's hearing this, they're saying, it can't be that simple. Well, it is. Is it easy? No. Are there, are there things that you have to do along the way to make changes that ensure that you never go back? 100%. But it's a battle you get to fight for the rest of your life. It's not one, if, if anybody in your audience has, a, has a, a magic pill, please email me some or mail me some. I guess you can't email me. Mail me some. I'll pay you double for them. There are no magic pills. Quit looking for them. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And if there is a magic pill, carbon copy us, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I want yeah. in on this as well for, for that kind of knowledge. <laughs> That's it. So how are you, how are you ensuring today that that transformation you, you worked so hard to get to stays in place? How are you doing that in your day-to-day now? Well, Mike, at the end of the day, if, if I told you that but, you know, you look like you live in a very nice home. I've not never been to your home, but but I look behind you. If that, I assume your office is in your home. You live in a nice home. And if and if I told you that that you were being evicted and you had to go live in a tent, would you accept living in a tent for your family the rest of your life? No. <laughs> okay. It's because you have a standard that you set, and you'd find a way to to get back on your feet. You'd find a way. You might have to live in a tent for a week or two, but you'd find a way to get back on your feet to where you wouldn't subject your family to that any longer, right? Correct. Okay. When when you become the when you become your ideal weight, does that mean you'll never struggle with weight? No, but it, it becomes incongruent for you to be anything else. When I when I stopped being the three hundred and four pound guy that lost weight, everything changed. Does that make sense? Yes. So, so it's it's a shift, and and people say, well, it can't be that simple. It really is simple. It it really is. Is does it mean that you have to put in put things in place? Do I exercise? Of course I do. Do I exercise to lose weight? No. I exercise because it makes me feel good. Okay. I don't. I'm not a gym rat. I mean, I I envy those guys. I say, gosh, that that would be cool to be be like that. But that's not me. My wife and I bike every day. You know, six to ten miles. But the the bicycle will never outrun the fork. The the any and there's no exercise out there that'll outrun your fork. So you have to control that piece of it. And it is a decision. I promise you, this is it's a decision. It always is. And we all have different limitations. And I, I'm thinking about a client right now who who literally just started with me. It's been it'll be three weeks on Thursday, and he's down. I believe he's down 19 pounds right now. Now this individual's on a walker. He's on a walker. He struggled with obesity for more than 50 years. He's a senior citizen. Senior citizens can't lose weight. There's no way. 
There's no way they can lose weight. Being on a walker, how could you lose weight being on a walker? Well, no, people can't do that. And I, and I say baloney to all that. And it's not that I'm being arrogant about it. It's, it's just when, when, when the commitment to the desired goal is greater than the, than the desire for that thing which is holding you back, which is the food and, and all the stuff that we all like to eat, the single-serving containers of half-gallon containers of ice cream or the family-sized bags of chips that are really single-serving size, you know, that's, that's, how, that's how guys, guys think and, and ladies think that, that eat a lot. But the, or, but the point I make to, to this, this guy became committed to the process and he's leaned into the shifting of, of the way he's thought about it. And he's like, I can't believe I'm losing weight like this. Said it was always that. So he's not doing anything crazy. You don't have to do crazy. You just have to stay. You have to be defiantly committed to what you're doing, though. So that's the thing you're helping. One, somebody gain hope, right? Sure. We get so caught up in the process or the thought, this is who I am. This is the way I'm going to be. My family's been like this. Our identity is stuck in where we are, not in where we want to be. Mm-hmm. How did, how in your journey did you realize that? That, you know, I've heard people say, like, you know, I lost 20 pounds. And, you know, a f- another friend said, no, it's not like I lost it. I don't want it back, you know? So, how did you make that shift in that journey? Well, the shift really came for me on, on March 2nd, 2017. I stepped on the scale and I didn't like to step on the scale back then. I stepped on the scale. It, I was uh, 55 years old at the time. It was the day after my 31st wedding anniversary. And I stepped on the scale and I saw 304. Now, 300, if it had read 299.8, it wouldn't have phased me. I was expecting that. But the 300 mark on it, I stood there and I stood there frozen. I, literally, it was, it was like time stood still. And I was in the, I was in the, life insurance business to senior citizens, this burial insurance. I'd been in that business for over a decade and and had a team of agents that I managed. And individuals in that market are over 65. Okay? Now, I was 55, and it hit me while standing there at 304 pounds that I had never met a man that was over 100 pounds overweight that was 65 years old. And I had been in hundreds, if not thousands of homes, more like thousands of homes of 65 and year older fam, you know, families were the, were the main person was. And I remember seeing these pictures on the walls of these ladies who would be in their seventies. And I would say, who is that guy? And they would say, oh, that's my first husband. And I said, what happened to him? Oh, he died. He died of, you know, heart failure. He died of this, something obesity related. You can tell the guy was obese. So what it meant to me was that I wouldn't live 10 more years. I would be known as the first husband. My wife, Angie, who I married way up, she would, I hope she's not looking around right now, but I, I don't expect she is. But if, if I was dead, I'm sure there'd be a lot of, a lot of suitors coming her way. And, and eventually she would probably get remarried and I'd be known as the first husband. There would be somebody else who would be walking my daughter down the aisle. There'd be somebody else that would be the, the dad to my sons, my three sons. I have four children that, that at the time uh, my daughter was 16 and my, my oldest was, I've got to do the math on it, was uh, 27. And all of those years that I put in, they would be enjoying, somebody else would be enjoying the fruits of what I had done. And it was all because I couldn't put down the stinking fork. And that's really it. I mean, it was, I could, I could cope with, I could say, you know, 
that I didn't couldn't stick to a diet. I could say all these things, but I knew what would work. I knew what would work, 100% at what would work. And so at the end of the day, when people look, looked at, at me in my history, they would say, that was the guy who died, who made his own decision for his early death. And, and, it was, and that was really hard for me staying there and, and like anybody in the middle of a disaster. If, you know, I live in Florida. Uh, we're in Million Island, Florida. We get a hurricane every now and then. Trees fall, stuff like that. And, and if a tree fell in my neighbor, on my neighbor's house, first thing I would do would be dial 911. Second thing that I would do, I'd go make sure everybody was okay, see if anything I could do. And the third thing that any red-blood American does with a cell phone is take a picture. So I stood there in front of that disaster, and I took a picture of that 304-pound scale, and I said, I'm never going to see this again. I didn't know how. And but I took a picture of that, and if you if anybody that's ever on my website, they'll see that picture of that scale, and that is the picture of the day on March second, twenty seventeen. And a few weeks later, you know, I of course at that point I was trying to lose some weight. At that point, I know this is a podcast, so people can't see me putting my fingers in the ear doing quotes. So, you know, trying was the key word. I was trying to lose some weight, and I was actually doing a, a business coaching session. I had a, a business coach that was part of a week long program that was that was virtual. And, and it was all focused on how to increase my insurance business. And my coach that um, I had was 10-minute coach five days in a row. He and I got to know each other pretty well by about the, by about the third day on Wednesday, the, March 15th, 2017. He said to me, he said, Alan, he said, what do you think is holding you back in your business? I said, well, that's easy. It's my weight. Because we all think that our weight is only affecting us health-wise. Baloney. Weight affects everything. It, everything. Confidence. And, and so, anyway. And he said, well, how big are you? We were on a telephone call. I said, well, I'm 5'11", but I weighed 298 pounds this morning. I'm down six pounds from two weeks ago, but I've been down this this little bit plenty of times. And he says, well, do you know what to do? I said, well, of course I know what to do. I could write a book on what to do. So could every other man and woman who's been on a diet for, for years. And he said, well, what would you do? Well, why don't you do it? And I said, well, I just can't seem to stick to it. And he said, well, if you could stick to it, what would, you, what would you do? And I'm a verbal processor. I think out loud. And so I began thinking out loud. I said, well, I, if I was on Biggest Loser, I said, the, I watched that TV show a lot. And I thought, those people, man, they have it easy. Everybody in the world watches them lose weight. And he says, well, how could you do that? Because it's unlikely you're going to get on Biggest Loser. And I said, I guess I could post my scales on social media every day. And when I said it, I realized that I'd said it out loud, and he pounced on it. He pounced on it. He said, do it right now. And I said, I said, no, I don't think so. I said, how about if I wait till I'm 289 pounds? Like, that was going to make a difference. And he said, Alan, he said, you don't realize this is, a, this is a turning point that could change everything for you. He said, so I committed publicly that I would weigh 175 pounds by November 22nd, 2017. And I missed that date. I made it five days early. I had it on November 17th. 2017. So from March 2nd to that date was 260 days. And, and it wasn't, but it was really a, it was really a chance to do a lot of things. And, and I don't put my, just for those people listening to this, I don't put my clients through that just so you guys know, because nowadays with social media, with all the negative stuff going on there, we don't, we don't do that. So, but, but accountability was really key for me. And, but it was, it wasn't just that it put me in a, it, it locked me in the room with that monster. And when I was locked in the room of that monster, I had to deal with it. And, and I started realizing things that had to change. And 
and as those things started to change, it wasn't the eating was that important. Of course, that, that made the difference. Was the exercise important? It helped. But it was never about that because you could take away what I use for nutrition and, and I would still find a way to get there. Does that make sense? And so, so it's not, it, you could take away my bicycle. I'm still going to find a way to, to move some. So there's, there's always a way for the committed and there's always an excuse for those that are not. And I always had an excuse. And, and so that, that was where the journey began. And I, I journaled that journey every day. And, and it was interesting, the things that I learned, because I learned a lot of stuff about me. But the minute that, that it became, I cut off all other possibilities of anything other than success, then it was interesting. Success started to happen. And it happened pretty rapidly. And although it seemed like it wasn't rapid at the time, but it, but it ended up being what, look, in hindsight, was pretty rapid. Well, first, congratulations. That is absolutely amazing. I knew you lost the weight. I didn't realize it was ahead of schedule. So that in and of itself is fantastic. I should have never been there to start with. How about that? Understood. But we, <laughs> we, we do get there and it's like we have a choice, right? You made yeah. the, the decision to get back out of there. As you were going on that journey, we'll hit points where you kind of plateau and the progress may not continue. How did you keep your mindset, your motivation. How did you keep that there? Because you said you removed all options except success. How did you continue that momentum? Well, I, I kept perspective and perspective is really key in that, in that process. You know, we, we gain weight at five, six, seven pounds a year. And when we lose, you know, a pound a week, which I was losing at a more rapid rate than that. And it was perfectly safe. I was eating six times a day, so I wasn't starving myself. I wasn't fasting all the time, doing anything like that. And But but I kept perspective the whole way. I, I really did. I, I kept the perspective of where I was, how quickly I was moving in perspective to the to how quickly I'd gained the weight. And I realized that this, this notion, and I, I hear this a lot, slow and steady wins the race. Well, guys, if you're losing a pound or two a week, you're not moving slow and steady. You're moving like lightning and, and weight loss. And so, so that, that always um, rubs me in the wrong direction when I hear that because it's really not accurate. One of my clients who, who's lost quite a bit of weight, they were really frustrated with where they were, the pace. Because perspective is really something because we're always looking for excuse to quit. And, and, it's, and it was a lot like my insurance business, quite frankly. I mean, life insurance agents, 90% of life insurance agents are in their first year. You know why that is? It's because 90% of them quit in their first year. <laughs> and so what I found that, that, the, that agents, and this, this goes for a lot of things. It goes for marriage. It goes for life insurance. It goes for somebody who's a realtor. It goes for, it goes for somebody who has a podcast. It goes for all the, somebody who's a coach. Most people are doing one of two things in the beginning. They're looking for a reason to stay and, and go, the, go the distance. Or they're looking for a reason to quit and, and believe that it's okay to quit. And so I kept looking for reasons to keep going. And, and I don't say that to impress, impress you because I, I had probably 75 failed attempts at weight loss in my life. And, and so when everything's said and done, it was keeping that perspective of, going the distance. And what I was starting to say earlier, one of my clients, I, I asked her how quickly she drove to work. And she said, well, it's, she told me how many miles it was to her, to her employment and how long it took her to get there. So I calculated she was driving at about 45 to 46 miles an hour. 
And then I, then I calculated based on her age and how quickly she gained the weight over her lifetime, how quickly she gained the weight compared to how she's losing it. And I, and I, I gave her the perspective. I said, your weight is coming off would be the equivalent of you driving to work 531 miles an hour. That's how much faster she was driving. It was almost 12 times, if I think my math's right on. I remember the 531, but I believe it's right at 12 times faster than she drives to work. And and you know what she said to me? She said, I'd miss my turn at that fast. I said, yes, you would. So, <laughs> But we look for these reasons to stop. And and I was no different. I, I wanted to. There's times that I wanted to as well. But it, when it took failure, is not when failure becomes no option. And it's, it's the Cortez principle. For most people have heard of it, it's where Cortez burned the boats and said, you've got to stay here and fight is the only way you get off this island. And that's pretty much what I did. I burned all other possibilities. But I could, looking back, I could have, I could have stepped away from it. I could have stepped away from it and said, hey, it didn't work for me. I'm just destined to be obese. But I, I just believe that there was something greater. And, you know, yesterday after you and I talked yesterday, I was reading, I don't do this very often, but I look, look back at one of my journal entries for, um, for this, for that weight loss journey, I look back to, the, to that day because I wrote something every day and I equated it. And this is something, if you've ever watched the Got Talent shows and you all, you see these people stand on stage and, and they don't look like they're going to be able to sing much. They don't look like they're, you know, they, and then they get up there and they, and they sing or they, or they perform something that's beyond comprehension. It, it's a gift and it's, and that gift's been hidden for so long because they didn't look like Madonna or whoever's cool right now or, 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 you know, Katy Perry or somebody. They didn't look like a movie. They didn't look like Brad Pitt. They didn't look like the, the star, but they, but their voice, I remember Paul, Paul Pott, I think is the one that got my attention in Brit, Britain's uh, uh, Got Talent. And, but the, but just magnificent gift that people have. And I, and I really believe with all my heart that that's the same thing with, overweight, obese, and morbidly obese people. And that is the challenge that we have is that there's there's a gift hidden inside of them that will never be shown to this world. That absolutely is gonna be is gonna be lost if they don't get rid of the weight because the weight is not just holding you back in your in your health. If that were gonna solve it, we'd all get skinny real fast. But the weight the weight holds back. I talk to men and women who have lost marriages over their weight. I talk to men and women that have lost jobs over their weight. I talk to men and women that that have that stay isolated because of their weight. Now, you tell me if if there if there is a creator, and I believe there is one. I'm clear, clearly I'm I'm positive there is one. And if there's an enemy to that creator, into in, which would be our enemy. The easy way to destroy somebody, somebody's potential, let's call it, would be, you could maybe say adultery, but that's that's kind of obvious. And that becomes a real problem. That's socially not acceptable. You could say something else like, you know, alcoholism. Oh, that's not very socially acceptable. You could say, you know, theft or stealing. Oh, that's not socially acceptable. I mean, you can go down the list, but this thing called obesity this thing called weight is so socially acceptable. The enemy, the enemy of that creator, all he has to do is put a fork and spoon in somebody's hand and he can literally take out a whole generation. Hmm. 635 million obese people worldwide growing by a million people a month. That's adults worldwide right now. That number, that number makes my hair stand on them. The little bit I've got left. And, and so it's, 
that's what's happening right now. And so when I when I look at what what I did, I don't look at it as anything that I did that was great because it wasn't. I was just a guy who got too fat, but I did find a way through the wilderness of obesity. But I say this, when I see people come alive with their weight, I, I don't really care if they can get in skinny jeans. I really don't. People say, well, you're fat shaming. No, I'm not. I don't ever tell anybody what their ideal weight is. I, I ask them what it, what it should be. And But when I see people come alive when they realize that they've got control of this beast this controlled them for maybe five years maybe 15 20 years maybe 30 40 very common for me to deal with people that have been dealing with it for 30 40 years maybe since they were a child and i think about one of my clients who's he's 61 and and i asked him the other day i said when's the last time you were under 200 he's under 200 pounds so when's the last time you were under 200 he said i think i was 12 and he was going to the doctor in shame. Now, this is a very successful individual. He's, he's very extremely successful business-wise. But he go to the doctor in shame, feeling like an absolute failure. And when he stepped into the principles that I teach, and we teach our program, which had nothing to do with, the, with, nothing to do with what, he, what he's eating. He had to change all that. But, but when he realized that he could be successful with that, he got this power that he'd never experienced before. And that's, that's what happened to me. And I'm just showing him what happened to me. That's all I'm doing. It's nothing. Am I a doctor? Nope. Not, not a doctor, not a nutritionist, not a dietitian, not a physical fitness expert. I'm just a guy that literally failed miserably at something for a long time and figured a way out. Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. And so now that you look back where you were at, at 304, mm-hmm. what is it that you're able to do today that back then you were like, I'll never be able to do that again? Is there stuff that like riding the bike or swimming? I mean, is there stuff that you're like, you had given up on that now is. Yeah. And, I, and it's probably not the answer you think. And you know, I never really thought much about the riding the bike, the swimming, the, the exercise thing being a problem. The thing that really, that really not having the weight allows me to have impact. And that's a great question. Hmm. I've never been asked that question. It allows me to have impact that I could have never had before. And, it, and it's not, and, and this is the thing that I'm finding over and over with, I mean, one of my clients, because the kind of work we do as coaches, you want to quit a lot of times, don't, don't you, Mike? <laughs> I mean, uh, everybody thinks, oh, it'd be easy to be a coach. Yeah, try it. Yeah, it, it's easy. Come on in. The water's fine. And so it's, it's so funny. He was one of my first clients, and, and he he called me up all the time. He says, man, he said, I'm, I'm impacting people in Australia. I'm impacting people in New Zealand. This guy lives in, in, in the United States and middle America. He's impacting people all over the world. And he's told me over and over. And I don't take credit for this. This is something that he's done. It was always within him. I just showed him. I just pointed he said, if you, if you hadn't have done what you did, he said, I wouldn't be doing this. I'm having impact. I hear people over and over the impact they're having. So that's what it is. 
Can I ride a bike? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty good on bike. Pretty sporty on a bike. Can can I move good? Yes, I can. Do I do I feel like I'm almost sixty? Not even close. Do do I look like it? I'll leave that up to everybody else's opinion. But but the point that I make to you, the the thing that's really important is impact, influence that you're not going to have it when you're obese. There's just no way. When I talk to when you tell me when somebody goes into a even a even a Christian circle, and we should never make decisions based on people's weight. It should always be based on their ability. But let's face it, when when somebody has a struggle with the disciplinary in their life, it's hard to take them seriously. And the, the reality of when I was 304 pounds, I was wearing evidence that I wasn't disciplined. I was where it wasn't. I, I couldn't hide it in a bottle. I couldn't hide it in my checkbook. I couldn't hide it in places that others couldn't see. There was no amount of black clothing, because that's what all obese people want to wear, is something black or something navy, that was going to hide my obesity. It was just out there for anybody to see. So to be free of that and free of that shame that I felt, because I felt it. Man, I felt it every day, every minute of every day. I joked about it because, oh, haha, it was funny, but I was dying inside, just like so many people, so many of my clients were. But at the end of the day, the impact. So that's a great, really good question, Mike. Actually, a very good question. It made me think. Something I try not to do too often. Well, as far as the impact, it's not only impacted you It's and with your client, it's not only impacted you know, people that he's now reaching outside of the country. Mm-hmm. More close to home, how did it impact your marriage? And as far as your role as a dad, what kind of changes have you seen as you went through that journey and, and gained like the mind shift and, and just the confidence. What did, how did that change? Well, obvious one is my wife. I mean, my wife, Angie, who had a struggle with weight, but it was, uh, you know, as we, as, as I used to say, as an, when I was an obese man, I said her amount of weight was like the deck chair off the Titanic. And so it wasn't a big deal to compared in my opinion, but it was a significant amount of weight. She weighed, she, she saw what I was doing and followed the same principles and dropped 63 pounds in 190 days which is pretty crazy for a lady. And she did really, really well and with her with weight. And so obviously that was an impact. It was an impact that it brought us together to work together on this. But probably the one that sticks out in my mind is towards the end of my weight loss journey in, in October 2017, my, my youngest child, who's our only girl, our daughter, Ashley, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And for all the folks out there who don't know much about type 1, type 1 has nothing to do with, with, your, with your behavior. It has everything to do with your genetics. It's, she had, she became, it's an autoimmune disease. It is not like type 2 diabetes, which is brought on by our behavior. And so she, she was diagnosed with that. And I remember when she was in the hospital and she's being told that she's got a life sentence. I mean, this is something that there is no cure for. She's, it's injections daily. It's checking blood sugar daily, hourly, every time you eat. And she was getting a lot of misinformation from the weekend nurses at the particular hospital we were at, which was sad that, you know, it's not, but, but it's, but it is a big time struggle. And I could honestly look at her at that point and say something I'll never forget because she was in bed crying because one of the nurses basically told her that she could never have a Chick-fil-A sandwich again, which, you know, that was, uh, I mean, you know, really it was nuts. They didn't understand at all how, how insulin and all the different things work together. It was just crazy. My daughter has Chick-fil-A's. <laughs> so, but, but she, she doesn't have a struggle with obesity at all, but she, but she had this new struggle 
And I was able to look at her and say this and, and mean it and know with 100% certainty that I was telling her the truth. I told her, I said, I said, what you're facing right now sucks. It's not good. I'm so sorry that you've been got this diagnosis, but there's coming a day. I said it may be a year from now. She was 15 years old at the time. It may be a year from now. It may be five years. It may be 25 years. It may be 40 years from now. But there's coming a day when you'll realize that you've gotten to a place that you would have never gotten to in a good way without this challenge that you're facing. You think it's meant for, for something bad, something awful, but it's not. And I hate that you have it, but this is going to be the thing that allows you to win bigger. And, and I could say that as her dad and mean it with 100% certainty. And I'm positive and I've seen the evidence of that already. And so it's, so it's pretty cool. You know, my son's sent this, it becomes, you become authentic to your message. Because if my message to my boys and my daughter and my wife and to my community is one thing, but I'm living something different in my behavior, then who's going to take me seriously? It changes the impact there too. Yeah. And I think we actually have a problem taking ourselves seriously in that when we know there's that dissonance there, that that disjointedness. You had talked about first husband, right? As you were selling insurance, mm-hmm. were you seeing the wives that were left behind mm-hmm. were overweight as well, or were they in good health? And it was just the husband that was, that was obese. It, you, pretty common that the wife would be, would be overweight. Ladies tend to, and, and your viewer, your listeners can you know, double check this on Google and do all their own research. But typically women will live. They'll live a long time. They'll just have a lot of medical issues when, they, when they're obese. They'll have the type 2 diabetes. They'll have the heart problems. They'll have the blood pressure. They'll have cholesterol issues. They'll have sleep apnea, which sleep apnea, most people think, is not a big deal. But the side effect of sleep apnea is stopping breathing. So it can be a, it's death. And so it is a big deal. And, and they'll have all these COPD, which is affected by, by obesity, too, and all of these different things. And they, they would still be alive a lot of times and live a lot longer than men. I mean, ladies, in general, will live statistically longer than men, but with mm-hmm. obesity, they live live a painful existence if they're obese too. So their years, may, men, maybe we get off the hook easier, as so to speak. So, but but I didn't want to be off the hook. I'd rather get lose the weight. Yeah. And from the sounds of it, it's, it's one, we're in a unique position where it's like when we're addressing our stuff, we're also like the impact that we're having is is helping to give space to our wife to change, to have that better life for the long term instead of having the pain you just talked about. So as you're, as you're going through this and you've made these mindset shifts, where else have you seen success or confidence in your having impact where you uh, weren't previously like 304? What other positive changes did you see along the way? Well, I think, you know, a lot of that really has, has transpired in, in my business. I mean, for that matter, I mean, I, I had this dream of being a coach, but I thought I would be a business coach. I mean, that's really where, where and, and I'd always put it on hold. I could do it later. I could do it later. And I, I, you know, I don't successfully started businesses, sold them, had, had success in those areas. And that just made sense. But I remember when Dan, Dan told me, you know, Hey, you need a weight loss coach. That's when I just said, there's no way. But but then when I started looking at it and I, I really understood that I could have a lot more impact here. And it was something that I personally 
had more vested in. It, it's like when I see somebody or talk to somebody, and, and it doesn't matter whether they've got 25 pounds to lose or 300 pounds to lose. It, it's the same problem. And, and it's just like I was on the phone with, with an individual just before the call that 200 plus pounds overweight. In the areas of that individual's life that are being impacted, man, the list is a mile long. It's a mile long, and they're and they're without hope. But this is the thing I would say is that stop looking for the answer in your diet. Stop looking for that answer. And, and so it's given me a message that really just I wake up with, I go to bed with, I wake up in the middle of the night with, and it's, you know, it's the, it's the thought of, how can I get to one more man or woman and rescue him out of that prison of obesity that I was in? Because that's where it is. That's where it is every day. And and is it easy? No. It's kind of like losing weight. Is it easy because because I'm moving people's mindset from where they were? And a lot of people have limiting beliefs. I know I I got a I was literally just just got a uh, was messaging with one of my clients who when he started my program he he had about a hundred and I think what 126 pounds is, was his number real close to what I did. And he's younger. He's younger from my, my audience and he's in his mid thirties or early thirties. Hadn't been then for a long time. And he sent me a picture the other day of nine water jugs, 8.34 pound water jugs tied around his neck. Well, not, not with the water in them, but to represent what he's lost so far since, since February. And it's just funny to see it now because when I, I remember when I talked to him originally, and I say this for people that are listening, it, he was not certain, even though he knew I'd done it, even though he decided to invest himself and become part of our program, he knew that he knew that I'd done it. But I asked him, I said, "What do you think your your chances of making your ideal weight are?" And he threw out a, a number, and I, as I recall, it was about fifty percent. Now, don't hold me to that; I have to go back and check my notes. But it's about fifty percent. And I said, well, I'll make up the difference for you. And, and so, and, and I said, and every, every few weeks I'd ask him that question. And after about a, about a month and a half, hundred percent, hundred percent, because when you get to that point where you know that, you know, that, you know, it's not that it's not if it's when, and, and his confidence levels change, it's affecting his business, it's affecting his recreation life, it's affecting everything. So when, when I, when I see that happen, it just lights me up. And, and it's, it's fun to see, but when individuals hide, I hid behind a diet for 30 plus years of struggling with weight. I hid behind the diet. I was like, ah, oh, that didn't work. Yeah. And we've talked about that and I'm on like my journey to get back down to, I can't even say get back down because I blew past it. You know, it, it was just crazy. It's like, where's your ideal weight? I don't know, somewhere on the way that I rocketed past and went into 200 and up to 260. And it's like, I've got down to 220, had some life stuff come up, but it's like in our conversation yesterday, it's like, I know if I got there, I can get to where I'm, I'm wanting to go to where I know who I am. And it's a matter of time. It's a matter of that shift, but it's, gosh, it's just seeing yourself so differently. It's, it's not like, you know, the, the quick weight loss, we're not going to find it in the freezer section. We're not going to find it in a cup on a shelf in, you know, the grocery store or something like that. It's, it's like you've been describing it's power in us. And I love just the way you and I talked yesterday, your story, 
the way you're empowering people, because like you said, it's not just a diet. It's not just the weight loss. It's, it's almost like this bomb goes off and the ripples just (laughs) impact everything around you. Did you see your sales? Like when you were losing the weight, did you see your sales change within the, when you were doing insurance? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, it, it becomes easier when you're setting, when you're not worried about setting in a chair that's going to collapse. And that's literally what I was worried about. Hmm. Most times I was worried about sitting in a chair where the arms were not going to be wide enough, you know, then because I'd go into people's living rooms and we'd sit at the dining room table, the kitchen table. If they had a chair that had the arms on it, I was always very cognizant of not sitting in one of those because I was afraid of sitting down in it and then sit standing up in the chair coming with me. And so it, so it was when you, when you're carrying around those kind of thoughts, they hold you back in everything you do. It's like your, your mind is so tied up with that. You can't focus on what works. So yeah, I mean, the, the guy that was, that ran the company that I was actually agent for, he said, he said, man, you lost a Backstreet Boy. (laughs) I'd never heard that. (laughs) So it was, it was interesting. And, and, uh, and I've, I've got clients who've, who've been in the insurance industry and they see that one, one of my recent clients, he saw his, his wife was a little concerned that he spent money to lose weight. And, and I said, oh, she's not gonna be mad at you soon. And she, his income, I think in the, I think his income went up 30 grand in the annualized in the first two months he was working with me. And because when your confidence change, it changes everything. If you're in a relationship, uh, if you're looking to get in a relationship and you're not, you're not even willing to go outside. I mean, come on. If you're, if you're doing something that, I mean, it, it impacts, and I say it over and over again, it impacts everything. It doesn't just impact your health. The health is the, is the foundation, but it impacts everything about their lives. And yesterday I did a, I actually did a, a Facebook live and in with my group that, you know, just the likelihood of getting hired when you're obese. It hurts your chances. It shouldn't matter, but it does. People are human. 49 states in the United States that uh, don't ha- do not have an anti-discrimination law on the books. Michigan's the only state in the United States, based on my research, that has an anti-discrimination law. Now, you're not going to be told that they didn't hire you because you're weight, but, it's, but if you're wondering why you're not getting hired, if you're wondering why your business is off and your sales, if you're wondering why that and you've got, got weight you're carrying, it's because it, it takes so much toll on every other area of your life. Well, and the crazy thing is it's like, we can look at how much it takes to lose the weight and go, wow, that's a lot of expense now. Mm-hmm. I will tell you just because of poor decisions I've made along the way that it's like you will invest even more just in trying to have the health care to make up for it. So, I mean, it's almost like this exponential thing. You can spend $100 now or you can spend $1,000 later and the pain along the way. It's like, is it recoverable? you know, when it's at 11,000. Is that something you've seen as well? Well, I mean, you know, I always worry about the ones that I didn't get to in time. You know, the ones that, I mean, uh, I had a call the other day that that the guy, the guy was okay, thank God, but I was worried that he didn't make it. I literally was. I was worried that this individual didn't live to get on the call with me. I mean, it's so, you know, we look at, we look at things in this vacuum and, and when you talk about what is it costing you to be obese, I mean, when you start thinking and for so many men, and this, this is the big fear too, for so many men and women, if you're obese and you don't die, if you die, that's like, 
you may be okay, but if you don't die and you have to be cared for by your family, who's that impacting? Who's that impact? Is that impacting your wife or your husband? Are they going to be able to care for you? And, and are they going to, are they going to be able to handle being able to physically move you? Are you going to be put into an institution because you've had a stroke because of your obesity and now you can't care for yourself? Now you, you're not dead. You're living, but you're living in hell. And where they push you out in the middle of the of the hall, and so what one one client of mine said he he worked in that industry at one time, and they some of the people would push those patients out in the hall, and they would literally be drooling on themselves, and that was his big fear, and and because it, that kind of thing happens, and we miss that, we think that we get we get to live in this vacuum. You don't. You know, when, when I talk to somebody whose wife left them because they were two hundred pounds overweight, and they know that's the reason they left them. I mean, that's too late. Yeah. The divorce is already done. It's, it's, it becomes the individual didn't care enough about themselves to te- for, the, for the spouse. And it, I mean, all these things, and I say none of this to shame anybody. It just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when you see it because it's, it's 100%, 100% way out. There's a way out. There just always is. Is it easy? No, of course not. Is oh, it but it's possible. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. That's exactly right. As you made that decision, you saw 304 on the scale. Mm-hmm. What, what tools did you use to shift your mindset to, to strengthen your, your position, your stand? Well, you know, so much of that revolved around, revolved around a lot of the things that I'd been successful in other areas uh, of my life. And I used a lot of the same tools that I'd used there to, 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 to move myself in that direction. For example, when I was in the insurance business, uh, I, I was in barrel insurance to senior citizens, like I said, which a lot of those, a lot of those meetings came with me knocking on the door on a cold lead. That wasn't always fun, but I knew that if I, I knew if I stayed with it, that it would work. I, and it always did. It always, did. I always found somebody I could serve, always found somebody I could rescue out of their particular situation in that kind of thing. So I, I applied a lot of those same principles. And then really it was about, seeing myself there before I got there. And I'll never forget when a, a friend of mine who has never struggled with his weight, but he's, but he thought I'd lost my mind, you know, p- committing publicly to losing weight. And he, he was also an airline pilot and he flew into Jacksonville and I was probably two or three weeks into my journey. I can't remember exactly the exact date, but it was, I was in the two eighties at that point. And he, he just wanted to make sure I hadn't gone off the deep end. And we had a picture made together. And I can tell you, standing there in that picture, I felt like I was already there. I felt like I was already at my ideal weight. And I look back at it, and I was still morbidly obese. I mean, 286 pounds is what I think I was at 5'11", is morbid obesity. And, and, but at the time, I was already there. It's about going there ahead of time and, 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 and applying the tools. And that's, that's what we teach so much of, is applying those tools that it, that it takes to get there. Because... It's also a battle that you always get to fight, as I said earlier. So it's it's one you don't wake up one day and all of a sudden not like cake ever again, or not like pizza ever again. It's just you you learn what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And nothing nothing encourages me more. I have one of my clients who started with me at four eleven and he's down right now to about three sixty. He's he's got a ways to go. He's he, he not able to exercise his particular situation, so he uh, does a little tiny bit of walking, but has trouble. You know, he's got some physical impairments, and I'll never forget he sent something uh, that where he was studying some different things. He was becoming an expert on him. I said, "Today's the day where your weight starts to change." 
And sure enough, he had lost about five pounds over about a two or three week period, which is not that significant for the amount of weight he had to lose. But it didn't matter. He was committed. He was doing what he was doing the process. He was doing what I asked him to do. And he's and when he did that, I said, today's the day it's changed. And sure enough, it was like, and he, even though he went on, he went on a trip, he and his wife were traveling. And, you know, my, my language when I traveled was always, I had to get something to eat at a Chick-fil-A or McDonald's before I got out of my zip code because travel meant eat. And this guy lost, I remember the week he was traveling, I think he lost five pounds. Don't hold me to that. It was pretty close, five, six pounds. And I said, see, it shifted. It, he, he owned his journey. You have to own your journey at some point. That's fantastic. So Alan, how can people get in touch with you? How can they, they find you? A couple of different ways. First way, you can go to my website, transformmyfuture.com and spelled just like it sounds, transformmyfuture.com. But I've got something special for your, for your audience, Mike, and that, that I've cooked up. And what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to be doing a training, a, a private training just for your audience. So the five steps that I use to to go from 304 pounds to 175 pounds in 260 days. And it's a training. If you'll join me, I'd be honored if you'll join me. And they can register for this at transformmyfuture.com forward slash fearless, F-E-A-R-L-E-S-S, just like your podcast spelled. So, and you'll be able to, they'll be able to register for that live training and then attend it. There's only going to be a, be 100 seats for it, so they're going to need to make sure that they they get on that, and it'll be they'll be able to have access to me during that during that time at about a 45 minute training that I'll do specifically for your audience and for anybody that's listening to this because your your podcast or archives and they'll they'll be listening to these 100 years from now. I know because because uh, the importance of what you the information you're getting out. Don't worry. There's there will be if you're listening to this after the date that we set and. The date that that I'll be doing the training is going to be on Monday, August twenty third, at seven p.m. Eastern time. And that's and if, I hope you can put that in show notes to Mike. Yes, definitely, and I'll be there as well. Mike's going to is going to join me, and and if it's after that date, you know, positively go to that transformmyfuture.com forward slash fearless, and you can listen to the replay out. We will keep the replay available so that you're able to able to listen to it because the information is what my clients use and what, what worked for me. And, and I've been told that it was life-changing. So I hope it works. It helps some of your, your fans. I'm sure it will. I just blown away by the transformation one that you made, but there's just, you've also brought to other people that you've helped them walk through. So, Alan, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And and congratulations again. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. I enjoyed it very much. My pleasure. Thanks so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in Breaking Free. See you on the next episode. And remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.